You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Brilliant. You can grab your seats. And if you got into a really good conversation, then you can continue it over a tea or a coffee after the service. That'd be great. Brilliant. Well, before we get into today's message, I just want to let you know what is happening next Sunday night, okay? So next Sunday night, our discipleship night, which has been happening for the last few months at 5.30, next Sunday is going to be our Audacious Woman Night. Ooh. So, this is what is going to happen, people. All the guys, you are staying at home, okay? And it is Mother's Day. So, guys, I'm helping you out right now, okay? As part of your Mother's Day gift, you can say, beautiful wife and mother to my children, you can go to Audacious Woman. I will take care of the kids, and you can go and have an incredible night. Just to say, you still do need to buy a gift, okay? It's not a total cop-out. I'm just helping you out, add to the package of the day. So girls, come and be a part of Audacious Woman, 5.30 next Sunday night. We know that as we gather as girls, number one, it's always good fun, okay? Number two, God always shows up. Pastor Sophia is gonna be bringing a message. We're gonna have encounter time. We're gonna have hangout time. We're gonna have a live lounge after. It's gonna be great. We've got Luminous coming up at annual conference in a few months, but we don't need to wait for that. Sunday night, next Sunday, 5.30, be here. All the girls, whether you're a young girl, bring your mums, bring your daughters, your granddaughters, your aunties, and it's gonna be great. Is that good? Brilliant. Well, we are gonna jump into our second week Uh, And if you're joining online, then welcome. Great to have you with us today. We know you can't respond in the room, but you can do all your chat stuff and encourage one another as we uh, continue our journey. Uh, We're taking the time. Every year we do this. Oh, thanks band. You can go. Um, Every year we take time to read through a book of the Bible. And this time we are walking through a journey of the Psalms of Ascent. And this really is David and the writers. It's a collection of Psalms. Don't worry, we're not doing all 150. This collection is just uh, 15. And in fact, we're not even doing all those. We're gonna pick some of those. But really David and the writers, he wrote these Psalms to encourage us on our journey, on our walk of faith, to continually to look up, to look up at God and really to make sure that our hearts and our gaze, our eyes are constantly fixed on Him, no matter what the terrain, no matter what we're walking through, that our eyes stay on the big picture and ultimately that our eyes are continuing to look uh, to, to our home, eternity, to keep eternity in our hearts. So we're gonna be looking at that. And it was said that these Psalms, uh, the Jewish people, they would physically go uphill to Jerusalem as they walked to go to the festivals, to the temples, and they would walk uphill. And that these Psalms actually became songs that they sang. And Eugene Peterson said, there are no better songs for the road for those who travel the way of faith in Christ. So we've entitled this series, Songs for the Road. 
And I love this. And our heart is that by the end of this series, that together we will have got picked out some themes, some key things from these Psalms, and that together we're gonna have some songs for the road for our journey. That whether we're on the mountaintops and life is good, or whether we're walking through the valleys, that we have a song to sing that is gonna keep our eyes looked and fixed on Jesus. So, um. Today, we're looking at Psalm 125, okay, 125. And really, this is, all, this is a great lesson in trust. Now, I reckon that on every journey, there requires an element of trust. I remember uh, a few years ago, well, in fact, it was 10 years ago, I went on a particular journey. And it was a journey that me and Mark, my husband, were going on to celebrate our 10th wedding year anniversary. Remember it? And we set out on this journey and it was all good. The kids were being taken care of for the day and we were gonna have a lovely romantic picnic in the countryside, okay, to celebrate our 10 years of marriage. So off we went, went to the, uh, drove out and we realised after like a few minutes, oh, we're gonna need petrol for our little journey. So we went into the petrol station, drove in and as we pulled in, um, a car pulled next to us and it was literally... uh, the exact replica of our wedding car that we'd had on our wedding day 10 years prior. And we were like, no way. Mark decides that he'd like fix the whole thing. And he's like, oh, look what I've done. You know, I've done this just for you, just to be part of the day. So we kind of were like a bit distracted. And, you know, we're looking at, I think we might even got out and taken a picture of us, you know, just like, you know, he's thinking, this is great. I've pulled up, you know, this is a good little thing to add to our day. So anyway, we did that. He puts the petrol in. And off we go. We kind of go probably maybe a mile if that. And the car starts making this kind of like chugging noises that it's not supposed to make. And I'm like, I don't think it's supposed to do this. And eventually we kind of chug our way and have to pull into this uh, pub car park. And what has happened is that in the distraction of the wedding car and everything going on, somebody that I trusted to put the right petrol in the car has put the wrong petrol in the car. So then our journey that was supposed to be in the countryside celebrating with our lovely picnic that we'd prepared ends up being an entire day stuck in a pub a mile from our house eating our picnic in the pub car park. (laughs) I reckon that we've all got journeys, haven't we, that we can talk about where things didn't go to plan, where we put our trust in the train company or the airline company or the car sat nav system to get us somewhere. And the plan didn't go to plan as we put our trust in those things. And maybe it costs us a bit of time, uh, you know, to write the email after to the company that you're not happy. Um, cost you some money to redo uh, your ticket or pay for something. It costs you something. But the problem is, is that when we misplace our trust in life, that a problem occurs because then we are left feeling frustrated, disappointed, offended and hurt. And what can happen is that these things, when we misplace our trust, can end up that we actually give up on the journey. The good news is, is that Psalm 125 Church gives us some great keys of where we can place our trust on the journey. So are you ready? We're going to read uh, Psalm 125 from verse one. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, who cannot be shaken, but endures forever. 
As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be upon Israel." Okay, so the first thing that this, this psalm teaches us is this, is trust in who He is. Verse one says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. I reckon that we all put our trust every day in something or someone, our confidence, our hope, uh, the trust that something is gonna be reliable and happen. Every day we put our trust in objects. You've come into church this morning, and, and I think probably most of you have come in, you've sat on a chair without any thought whether it's going to, you know, uh, take your weight and it's not going to collapse unless you've had a bad experience. But you've not even thought about the fact that this object, you've trusted this object that it's going to do the job that it intended to do. I reckon for many of you, you've caught some public transport today to get here. You've trusted that the car that you own or the bus that you've got on is going to get you from your house to where you need to be today. Every day we trust in technology and uh, you know, the guys here are trusting that the LED walls today is going to work well for them. We put our trust in objects. The problem is, is that objects by their very nature, they corrode, they wear out, they fade, they break, they need sustaining in some way. We put our trust in people. We trust that our boss is going to pay us for the work that we have done. We trust that our spouses are going to do what they say they're going to do. We trust that our kids are going to stick to the rules. We trust that, our, you know, that the doctors are going to diagnose us correctly. We trust our, our friends that they've got our backs. We even trust ourselves because we think we can hold it together and we can work it all out. The problem is, is that people are all limited by time, limited by capacity, resource, imagination. People are affected by emotions and circumstances and seasons. They're confined by their weaknesses, their mistakes, their fallibility, their sinful nature, their morality. But God, but God, but God is not defined by any of these things. He's not limited, He's not confined, He's not restricted, He's not impacted. God can do whatever. God can do whatever. Psalm 135 verse 6, The Lord does whatever pleases Him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. He made the world from dust. He defeated an army with torches. He stopped the sun. He parted the sea. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus walked on water. Jesus died and then was raised again. God can do whatever. And the reason that we can trust in Him is that there are some characteristics that God alone possesses. Let me remind you of a few of these this morning, okay? Okay, the first thing is that God is omnipotent, all-powerful. He's all-powerful. You just have to take a look at creation to see God's power. The mountains and the oceans and the colours and the different detail I mean, and He created the whole universe. That's a pretty good claim to fame. He is all powerful. 
which means nothing is out of His control. Hear that church, nothing is out of God's control. Nothing that you are facing today is out of His control, that He doesn't have the power to deal with what is going on in your life. He's omnipotent. The next thing, He's omniscient, which means all-knowing. The Bible says that He knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of us have more than others. Looking in this direction. He knows how many grains of sand are on the seashore. He even knows your thoughts before you think them. Those of you who are thinking already about your lunch, or you know, what are you gonna do later? God knows, refocus people, He knows. He knows your thoughts before you think them. Nothing escapes God. Nothing escapes Him. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. He knows what you need before you even know yourself. He is omniscient. He's omnipresent, meaning everywhere. He is the Alpha, He is the Omega. He's at the beginning of your journey before you even born, He knew you. He's in the middle where you are right now, but He's also in your future. He is everywhere. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He's with you right now. He's everywhere. The Bible says that He's our ever-present help in times of need. He's everywhere. I'll never leave you or forsake you. God is everywhere. He's also immutable, never changing. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, which is why it says that when we trust in Him, that we will not be shaken because He's the same, consistent, reliable, foundation, firm, secure, our rock. He is uh, immutable. And the last thing is this, that He's self-existent and self-sufficient. God doesn't rely on anything. He doesn't need to charge up each night like our phones. He doesn't need to put petrol in the car, thank goodness, to make us go. He doesn't need anything. He's self-sufficient. I don't know about you, but that's the best CV I've ever seen. <laughs> because as good as my boss is, and in fact, my boss is Pastor Glenn and Sophia, and they're great. But as good as they are, they're not God. As wonderful as my husband is, and he is, he is not God. I have the best of the best of friends and they're brilliant and I love them, but they're not God. And as for me, well, I know all my flaws. I know all my weaknesses. I am not God. And I wanna say in your current situation, don't trust in people, don't trust in objects, but trust in who He is. Trust in who He is. He is able. He is loving. He is kind. He is gracious. He is your protector, your provider. He is your healer, restorer, your comfort and your peace. We can trust in who He is. The second thing is this. Number two, trust in what He has done. Verse two in the Psalm says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. I need to imagine wherever the pilgrims looked as they journeyed up to Jerusalem, wherever they looked, they saw the mountains. They were surrounded. And it was a reminder of what God has done. His power, His ability. It speaks of His consistency, His longevity. It speaks of His track record. We all know people with track records, don't we? Some good, some bad. 
Uh, my husband has lots of track records of various kinds. And, uh, you know, some good. He's, he's an excellent dad. He's a wonderful husband. He's a brilliant communicator, outstanding leader. He even has, you know, impromptu ability to do river dance when, at any given moment. Lots of good track records. He also has some other track records that, you know, are probably not his best gifting, especially when it comes to DIY. I reckon he definitely gets an A for effort, okay? A for effort. There's been some classics over the years and, uh, you know, he likes to share them on social media, so maybe some of you have seen them. I think probably one of the classics is when he decided he was going to wallpaper our lounge. And I'm like, oh, professionals can do that. He's like, no, 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 I've got this. I can do this. So he spent the whole day wallpapering like the biggest wall in the lounge. And it wasn't just any wallpaper. It had like intricate like patterns that he had to match up. And he's like, I've got this. And I'm like, okay, okay, you go for it. And I've got to say, at the end of the night, I was pretty impressed. I'm like, that, it looks straight. It looks good. I'm like, this, this is good. And he went to bed as, you know, he was like so chuffed. He was like, I'm the man. And he was loving it. And then the next day we came down and every little roll of paper had just like shriveled like down into nothing. <laughs> it's a track record that he has, but he loves it anyway. But I wanna say church that when it comes to God's track record, his track record is good, okay? God's track record is one of faithfulness, one of provision, one of completion, one of miracles. The Bible says that in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, he who began a good work, he's done something good, he started something good. It says, we'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Psalm 139 verse 5, you hem me in, behind and before you lay your hand upon me. I wanna say to you church today, just like the people were surrounded by the mountains, that you are surrounded by what God has done, by His goodness. I want you to think for a moment of all the things that God has done in your life. Look back at what God has done, where He's rescued you, where He's lifted you up, where you couldn't see a way, where He's made a way where there seemed to be no way, where He carried you through that season, where He saved you, where He healed you, where He protected you, where He provided for you. See, God has brought you to this place. His goodness, His track record has brought you to where you are today. And some of you may think, uh, you know, I'm not where I wanna be, but I wanna say you weren't where you were either. He's not finished with you yet, but His track record is one of His goodness. And what I love is that as we look back on all of our lives at the things that God has done, we can stand today in faith thinking, okay, God, if you've done it then, you can do it again. If you've done it with that person, you can do it in my life. If you've done it before, then I'm gonna believe and have faith that you can do it again. Trust in what He's done. The third thing is this, trust in what His Word says. Verse three, the scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. 
On this journey, it is inevitable that we are gonna face challenge, we're gonna face trials, we're gonna hit obstacles. Don't shoot me, Jesus even said himself that in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And what this verse here is saying that although there may be the scepter of the wicked is over the land, the Word of God says, but it will not remain. It will not remain there. We have to, when we walk through challenge, when we hit the trial, we have to go back and say, what does His Word say? We've got to trust in what His Word says. Luke 1 verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Will ever fail. So what is God saying to you? What has God said to you? What is God saying to you? Maybe it's saying, start that business, step out, move house, join that team, plant yourself, test me in the tithe, maybe make that phone call, maybe forgive, maybe have that conversation. What is God saying to you? And when we have to trust in what His Word says, Trust that He's gone before you. Trust that when His Word says that I will be with you. Trust that when the Word says that I'm gonna bring you peace, that God's gonna bring peace. That He's gonna bring provision where His Word says I'll bring provision. You've gotta get a Word. And if you haven't, get the book. Because God is never gonna say anything to you that is not in the book. If it doesn't align with the book, then it's not God. You just had too much cheese, okay? But get a word, get a now word from God because one word from God can change everything. One word from God can change everything. Trust in what His Word says. The fourth thing is this. Trust in what He will do. Trust in what He will do. Verse four says, Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. See, what God will do to those who trust Him is He will respond with His goodness. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good. He will always respond with His goodness. The problem we have, church, is that His how and His when often don't line up with our expectation and our agenda. See, we want things done in our timing, and in our way. And over the years, as I've, we've journeyed many things, um, I've seen God when His timing has been way quicker than I would have ever thought possible. When His delivery of stuff and how He's given stuff and put stuff in our life has gone way bigger, way better than any, anything I could have ever asked, hoped or dreamed of. And I'm so grateful that God isn't confined by my agenda, by my expectation, praise God. But I have also experienced times where things haven't gone to plan, where things weren't in my expectation. When we found out that I was pregnant with our third baby, it was not in my expectation that we would lose that baby. It wasn't in our expectation that we would then go on to lose another baby before Ezekiel was finally born. It wasn't in my expectation wasn't in my timing. It wasn't on my agenda to walk through a season being really poorly that resulted in me uh, finding out I had a medical condition. Wasn't part of my plan, wasn't my agenda. We hasn't envisaged 
that this phase of our lives that we would have lost Mark's mum and dad in the few short years that we did wasn't part of what we thought for our lives, for us, for our kids, wasn't part of our plan, wasn't on our agenda. But I wanna say church, that through every trial, through every season that we've walked through, that God has always responded with His goodness. In every season, church, you will be able to find His goodness, His faithfulness, His comfort, His peace, His restoration, His healing touch, His presence, always. We have to trust in what He will do. And that means letting go of our agenda, letting go of our time and say, God, Your Word says that Your ways are higher than my ways. You know the end from the beginning, I only see in part that You are always at work, that You are always working things for our good. Psalm 119, 68, God, You are good and You do good. Church, you need to know that you can trust in Him today. That your journey, your life's journey can be a song of trusting in Him. Whatever you walk through, that you can sing a song that says, God, I will trust You. On the mountaintops, in the valleys, God, I will trust You. But if we're gonna do this church, then it's gonna require us to change our default. See, if you have a daily default, where your playlist, no matter what comes at you, your playlist is one of negativity, fear, anxiety, worry, worst case scenario. If that is your playlist, church, you've got to change your playlist. You've got to press pause on those negative thoughts. Don't even let it get to the chorus and begin to change your default, change your playlist to say, God, I'm gonna sing a song that says, I trust You, that I believe in You, that You're gonna be faithful, that You're gonna bring breakthrough, that I'm gonna see miracles. I'm gonna stand on Your Word. I'm gonna choose to trust in You. I wanna pray for you this morning, church. Why don't you stand to your feet? And we have a moment right now to do some realigning. And I want us to respond. Ask yourself the question, what areas of my life do I need to realign and choose to trust God? What areas are you carrying? What areas are you leaning too much on your spouse? They may be great, but they're not God. Some of you, you're leaning on your business, the things that you've built up. And I wanna say that everything can be shaken, but God. You've gotta trust in Him that who cannot be shaken, whether you have a business or whether you have gifts and talents, but trust in God. Some of you, you're holding on to things that you are trying to um, kind of work out and think you can fix. And today God's saying, don't you carry that. Don't hold that burden, don't hold that weight. Trust me, trust me. Trust me with your finances. Trust me with your marriage. Trust me with your kids, with your relationship, with the things that you're dealing with at work. Trust in me. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna sing a song. And if you know today I need to change my playlist, I need to 
realign my trust and say, God, I trust You. No longer I'm gonna carry it myself. Lean on other people. I'm gonna trust You. I want You to move out of your seat and I want You to come and stand here as a sign saying, God, I'm trusting You. I'm moving today to say, I'm realigning and I'm trusting You. So come on, as we sing this, I want You to come forward. I'm gonna pray for You. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Thank you.